Lawmakers are taking on Ticketmaster over the Taylor Swift presale debacle. There's a bunch of sh uh, popping off. Ticketmaster got a grilling from senators yesterday over the recent meltdown when Taylor Swift tickets went on sale for her latest tour. The company's domination of ticket sales for live events also came under scrutiny. Nicole Killian spoke to lawmakers and fans who want to make sure there isn't another meltdown. Using Taylor Swift's lyrics, Ticketmaster ought to look in the mirror and say, I'm the problem. It's me. Senators blame Ticketmaster for botching. Oh my God, stop, stop. Oh my fucking, okay. Yesterday the Senate held a hearing about Ticketmaster's monopoly power prompted in part by the platform's mishandling of a Taylor Swift concert. They activated the Swifties, okay? And Swifties are a staying community that revolves around a white woman, okay? So they are going to be a little bit more powerful than other staying communities, specifically in the United States of America for obvious reasons. Come on, not saying that like Swifties are racist or anything. I'm just saying that in a, in a uh, white supremacist country, if you have a if you have stand culture and you you have been able to activate uh, a lot of uh, you know white ladies, you're you now have one of the most powerful coalitions, one of the most active coalitions, one of the most powerful coalitions in the country. Okay, I am terrified of uh, the Swifties. I do not want their wrath. I love them. I am a big fan of Taylor Swift. I like everybody. Okay, uh, just for the record. Anyway, so what did uh, billionaire owned Bloomberg and Washington Post write about? And their op-ed section, Taylor Swift can stop slagging Ticketmaster. The much maligned ticket seller isn't perfect, but an intervention from Congress won't help consumers or stars like Swift. Washington Post also uh, posted the same Bloomberg article. Taylor Swift can stop slagging Ticketmaster. I fucking love this country. Oh my God. They are so, so transparent. The media's role is is to simply protect capital, okay? It is not to attack capital, but it is rather to protect capital. They're like, oh, come on. This monopoly, it should exist. It's actually good, please. Here, uh, more, for, more Perfect Union also First obviously has a great 10-minute video on the process. Uh, we'll talk about the lawmakers, and then we'll get to the, uh, the, the... Actually, you know what? Let's start with this first. Springsteen fans were outraged to find that ticket prices for his current tour was high as $5,000. Springsteen's fans have never felt cheated until now. Five thousand bucks a piece. Five thousand dollars. Would you really? They, they. This is Springsteen fans. Uh, that's why Fox News is covering this. Springsteen fans are, uh, you know, apolitical. They're older. Pay five thousand dollars to go see your favorite band? No, I can't do that. That's I a bit much. We can thank a predatory new business practice for that. It was introduced by Ticketmaster, and they call it dynamic pricing. It's an experimental technique and it's pissed off everyone from fans to venues to performers themselves, including the boss. Bro, dynamic pricing is just another way to say price gouging, okay? That's it. That's what this is. And the funniest part about this is that like people get mad at this stuff and they say price gouging, whatever. But like that's how capitalism works. This is just more capitalism built on top of the regular amount of capitalism. You're getting mad at more capitalism. Uber does this. Airlines do this all the fucking time. It's just the same thing. What do you mean? It's supply and demand. We're just doing supply and demand. So how can Ticketmaster get away with it? Because they are the bullies of the music industry playground. Ticketmaster and Live Nation, which is the same company, but we'll get to that later, can basically do like, if you think this isn't happening in every facet of your existence, I don't know what to tell you. Why the fuck do you think egg prices are what they are currently? Why the fuck do you think the price of flour is, is up 50%, okay? 
Where? 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 Why is that happening? Why do you think that's happening? It's not just the avian flu, okay? It's not. It's not just the avian flu. I'm talking about every other, every other thing that you consume, every other consumable thing that you eat that is not impacted by the avian flu. Is that not just inflation? How do you think inflation happens? We've been talking about this and people that are infinitely smarter than me, like Robert Reich, you know, has been talking about corporate consolidation and its impacts on making price gouging a permanent feature of the American economy, of the global economy, as a matter of fact, is a consequence of corporate consolidation for years. That's it. That's just, it's not, inflation just means consumer price index implies key goods that you need to consume to survive have gone up in price. That's what inflation is. That's just simply what that is. But the way people learn about inflation in the media makes it seem like it's magic. It's not. It's not magic. Ultimately, people make it seem as though corporations have no other choice but to increase prices of key goods, right? Ultimately, corporations could choose not to do such a thing, okay? Maybe take a hit on their profit margins, but they don't do that. They keep increasing the prices. So if that was the case, if if this was motivated by uh, this like unshakable rule, if this was like a natural law, then you wouldn't see prices go up for things like the oil barrel, okay, or crude oil, even if the demand was stable or even if the supply was stable. But that's not how this works. There is so much uncertainty involved in the pricing process. And that is because monopolies, like obvious monopolies, like the cartel that you consider to be OPEC, have complete control over supply and even complete control over the pricing. In other places, in other instances, in other avenues, areas where you do not uh, think that there is this corporate consolidation or an actual cartel like OPEC, just personally saying, we're going to control the price here, okay? You have still functionally oligopolies, which are identical to how OPEC operates. That's it. What do you think it means when there are six mega corporations that control pretty much the entirety of your uh, your entirety of food choices? When you go to the grocery store and there is like a thousand different brands of fucking cookies and shit, those are still all coming from like three to five to six different corporations. That's it. Do you know how easy it is to manipulate prices amongst six corporations? An example I use regularly and routinely is airliners, okay? There used to be a lot more airline companies in the United States of America, but corporate consolidation and monopolization has created a process where there are, unfortunately, usually one fucking airline for certain markets. Not not more than one, just one, okay? In other places, you have two or three, max. Now, when your three airlines get together, they can very easily apply the same practices. They don't have to get behind a closed door, a smoke-filled, cigar smoke-filled room, uh, and and decide, huh? All right, you see, we need to change the prices of the air uh, the airplane tickets together. It's called price leadership. One airline does it, and then the other airline follows, and then the other airline follows through. When there's less competition, when there's no competition whatsoever, they do this thing called price leadership. They 
cut certain aspects or they make you pay for certain aspects. They paywall certain aspects of the air, the the uh, trip. They add insurance. They add a bunch of, a whole bunch of hokum to try to take more money from your pockets for the same exact services they're providing. When one company does it, every other company follows. That's known as price leadership. It is very different, very different legally than price fixing, which would be illegal, except it's the exact fucking same thing. There's just no uh, backdoor deal. This happens in every facet of your existence. Everything that you touch, everything that you consume has some level of price leadership baked into the prices. And that's how inflation happens. That's how uh, corporations, agricultural providers, which by the way, are only sustainable as a consequence of the American government subsidies. Remember that people say there's no central planning happening in the United States of America. That's not true. There is absolutely central planning, especially in big agra, which is over-reliant on the United States government subsidies that are being paid for by your taxpayer dollars. Those companies decide to control, manipulate the supply of food, okay? And they decide what the prices of, uh, of food is going to be. It's not it's not controlled by like, uh, you know, invisible levers or some shit. It's not magic. It's not something that companies can't do uh, or can't, uh, uh, you know, insure themselves against. It's just done deliberately because they can get away with it. In the absence of government regulation, companies will always try to squeeze more dollars out of you, the consumer. That's how it works. Here. That owned by the same five companies. Junior Turtle, thank you for the five gifted. To largest. Number five is Kellogg's Group that controls 30% of global cereal market and owns brands like Pringles and Pop-Tarts. Finally, it's the first company to advertise on Times Square and the first cereal to go to space. All of these iconic brands are actually owned by one company, Mondelez International, that was incorporated just in 2012. The third company owns all of these products and is actually one of the world's largest family-owned corporations. So the Mars family still owns 100% of Mars stock. PepsiCo Group is actually three times larger than the Coca-Cola Group, and it has all of these brands in its portfolio. Number one is the biggest food company, including Mountain Dew, baby, company in the world with $100 billion in yearly revenue. It's called Nestle, and it comes from Switzerland, dates back to 1860s. It owns Nescafe, KitKat, whole bunch of sparkling water, Nesquik, and 2,000 other brands. You think you have a choice you think you have so many different uh variations which you do but they're still all owned by five fucking mega corporations whatever they want because they have seized control over every aspect of the live music industry by creating a monopoly this ticketing cartel has the power to destroy venues and artists who refuse to work with them they even have their own resale platform and they encourage and incentivize ticket resellers to gouge fans all of these exploitative practices make Ticketmaster execs very, very rich. Live Nation CEO Michael Rapino made $70.6 million in 2017. That's one of the largest CEO pay packages ever. But here's the twist. This entire monopoly was helped along and enabled by our elected leaders. So how do we get to a point where the people in charge of preventing monopolies are enabling monopolies? And more importantly, how can we take back power from Ticketmaster and their monopolistic brethren? I'm gonna have to give you a brief history lesson on antitrust law. That's the government's toolbox for fighting monopolies. I wrote a whole book about it. It's called Chokepoint Capitalism, and I wrote it with my friend Rebecca Giblin. Now, the glory years of antitrust were right after FDR's New Deal, 
the government saw that monopolies weakened worker power, and so they set to breaking up these giant corporations. Back then, monopolies were viewed as a threat to the very idea of democratic citizenship. Then in the 1970s, a conservative legal scholar named Robert Bork and his pals at the University of Chicago School of Economics started spreading a very different view of antitrust. They said, forget about all that high-minded crap about democracy and citizenship. Instead, anti-monopoly regulators should limit themselves to thinking about consumer welfare. Basically, they focused on short-term goals like lowering prices rather than promoting competition in and of itself, and most importantly, preventing the gross power abuses of monopolies. Antitrust enforcement fell by the wayside as a priority. The Democratic Party platform didn't even mention antitrust once between 1992 and 2016. This is what allowed for the growth of monopolies in every industry, meatpacking, tech, banking, finance, eyeglasses, cheerleading, beer, and in 2010, <laughs> the music industry. For 15 years prior to their merger, Ticketmaster was the dominant provider of ticketing services in America, controlling 80% of the market. Live Nation was the largest concert promoter in America. They controlled America's biggest concert venues and the artists themselves. They managed 200 major artists from Miley to Willie. And Live Nation was Ticketmaster's number one customer. Live Nation used Ticketmaster to sell tickets for venues and artists that Live Nation managed. But in 2007, Live Nation thought, hey, maybe we should build our own ticketing platform. Ticketmaster did not like that. And so just two years later, Live Nation and Ticketmaster announced a merger, which sounds like a clear antitrust problem. Isn't someone supposed to be on top of that? No, because in the United States of America, antitrust only kicks in, which it rarely ever does, really, if it becomes a problem for the consumers, consumer pricing, as they mentioned already. We have a very unique approach to monopolization of key sectors in this goddamn country. It's not about like what percentage of the commerce is being led by what number of companies, but instead about how it impacts customers. That's why Amazon can maintain its monopoly on e-commerce at the time the obama doj's top antitrust cop was christine varney who's of course the reason why i say it doesn't even kick in with consumer pricing protections is because that's why we're here this is the problem it's not it's of course it's not because corporations because the government does not work at the behest of the citizens and regulate corporations the government works at the behest of corporations so of course when companies monopolize and they are desperately trying to find new ways of generating profit and increase profits as profits have a tendency profit rates have a tendency to decline okay or no matter what happens they are going to slowly but surely keep increasing prices they're going to keep increasing prices over and over again and it, at a certain point it's going to get to a situation where consumers are impacted by this consumers do recognize it but then you say that's just inflation dude that's just inflation. We have a, a way to deal with it. It's just considered to be authoritarian, too authoritarian. It's considered to be unimaginably un-American. So here's where we're at with lawmakers and their take on Ticketmaster over Taylor Swift pre-sale debacle. A pre-sale rollout last year for the pop star's upcoming tour. The way your company handled the uh, ticket sales from the Swift was a debacle. The president of Lime Nation Entertainment, which operates Ticketmaster, told the Senate Judiciary Committee the concert promoter anticipated high demand, but computerized bots attacked their system. 
the attack requires to slow down and even pause our sales. This is what led to a terrible consumer experience, which we deeply regret. As a uh, ode to Taylor Swift, I will say we know all too well. Senator Amy Klobuchar led Wednesday's hearing and said the issue goes beyond the ticket fiasco. Unfortunately, with Ticketmaster, because they're a monopoly, for most concerts, there is just one choice. Do you think these companies, Ticketmaster and Live Nation, need to be broken? This is literally every aspect of your life. Oligopolies, okay, exist in nearly every facet of your existence. Everything that you consume, everything that you touch is being created by like three to four companies max. That's it. So next time you wonder why things are so costly, why the price of living is going up over and over again, recognize that the government has refused to interfere when his, when his job is quite literally to interfere, to intervene. And uh, that is definitely something that should be on the table. Other senators suggested capping ticket prices or providing consumers with greater transparency on extra fees. Come on, guys. Jen Landry traveled all the way from Houston to protest outside of the hearing after waiting 10 hours. Look at this bullshit. And paying almost $800 for Swift's show. It was bittersweet. I have not celebrated getting tickets yet because... This is why it's a big stink that the government is now maintaining, or go the government is now uh, talking about, by the way. This is the average Taylor Swift fan. Very powerful voter, okay? Important constituency, white women. You understand? That's huge. White women bo vote for both the Republican Party. White women vote for the Democratic Party, okay? They're very, very important. There are so many fans that didn't get them. If we got white women to consume, like, to recognize this, dude, okay? If we got white women to recognize this shit, dude, we would break every fucking monopoly in this goddamn country. We would have, like, global communism instituted.